Welcome to another glorious episode of Let's Talk About Thrones. In this episode, we will be talking about episode 509, entitled what, Richard? The Dance of Dragons. And, and 510, entitled Mother's Mercy. Both titles are fairly interesting in how they play out for the main characters, all so many of them. Um, I am, of course, accompanied, as always, by uh, a good Sir Richard of River River of River Run. Sure, sure yeah, sure, the Riverlands. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sir Sir uh, 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 Jenny of Tarth. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Um, this is, okay, so these two are the, the end of season five and Richard, before we really get into the details, I wanted to clarify, I told you that the scuttlebutt was over. We were into the story that it was all action from here on out. How do you feel that promise played out? So let me just say if all of season six and seven are like these two episodes, Man, we are going to be friggin' exhausted. <laughs> yeah, the, the, nothing but action. Uh, the story keeps moving forward with a little bit of a pause for Arya, but I even found that to be pretty exciting. Um, which story would you like to start off with first, Richard? Wow, there's so much here, and and I think we have to do this like we have been, where we'll just start with someone or some group and and take that to its logical end in these two episodes. Yeah. And we are going to start with the obstinate Stannis. Oh, Stannis. This is, okay, so I'm glad you started here because this is the hardest one to get through. Um, but the first bit of satisfaction that I got out of these episodes, to be honest. Um, yeah, because Stannis, uh, he's, okay. so, Stannis and his army are south of, of uh, Castle Black, north of Winterfell, presumably, um, pending to uh, the siege of, of Winterfell, and that's not going so well. Nope, not going well at all. I mean, you know, Davos keeps warning him, this may not be the right time for this. Oh, by the way, we just had a sneak attack. 20 men snuck in, managed to kill a bunch of people, set things on fire, take stuff. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear it. Leave! Go away! Be gone with you! Uh, so th- this whole series here, first of all, I told you a long time ago th- that Davos is never wrong. Not once <laughs> is he wrong. So th- you had to be watching this and wondering, okay, well, if he's not wrong, how is this going to play out? And it, it again, he wasn't wrong. It played out exactly the way you would think it would go if Davos was always right. Mm, yeah, yeah, but we take a while to get there. It's it's a uh, it's a long and tragic road, <sighs> and it starts off with, uh, like you said, the the sabotage from from Ramsey. He comes in with twenty men, uh, kills hundreds of men, um, destroys a bunch of tents. Pretty much all their food is gone. All their siege weapons are gone. And Stannis still wants to march on because he thinks, well, we can't go back now. We've already come too far. And this is a uh, – what, what is the thought process? The, the sunk, co- sunk cost fallacy? Yeah, fallacy. That's the word right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 
he goes from from resolute on attacking Winterfell and taking it under siege to half his men being gone to hey, what else could happen? Um, I don't know. Let's send my hand north to get supplies. That actually seems fairly legit. Um, but he's only only doing it to get Davos out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, mean, this is just a ruse. Yeah, they need supplies. That's absolutely true. But this is to get him out of his ear. Because he has such good guidance on his other shoulder from <sighs> Melisandre. Yeah, I mean, well, so she needs King's blood, and she's not going to sacrifice Stannis, so they go ahead and set up a situation where they are going to sacrifice Shireen. This, Jenny, you, you, you've got to have, say, have something to say about yeah, this. Yeah, I do. Uh, that bitch is a sociopath. <laughs> so is Stannis. It clearly shows that he... He values power above anything else, his own legacy, family, whatever it is. Like, also, she's just a little girl. Fuck you. Yeah. That's my take. Uh, This is one of those times when they did continue the story the way that it needed to go, but they didn't do it gratuitously. And luckily, all you hear is Shireen screams. Uh, you see her mother fall to the ground and cry, and you see the disappointed look on Stannis's face. But even that, he still holds resolute. And this is just a sad moment because Shireen was like the last of the innocent characters in this whole story. Mm-hmm. And like, she's not even like old enough. I mean, I guess they all are if you get to things that are to come in the future. Little little tough kids. But um, oh my god, I just got so excited about that. But uh, she by rights should not be old enough to expect this. You know what I mean? Right. Like like Arya Stark was raised to expect crazy stuff even in her sort of like happy little winter fellian life. Uh uh the Shireen was not. Shireen was like sort of accidentally alive. You know? Yeah. Richard uh, did this come as a surprise to you? Is this this how you saw this going down? It's how I saw it going down. I was disappointed to see it go down this way. I think the way they presented this was masterful. Your heart is just broken when you see that she just doesn't understand what's going on. She yeah. doesn't understand why her father isn't isn't standing for her or fighting for her. And when it when it finally dawns on her what that there's no hope, it's too late because she's in pain. And the way they represent that is also so so well done. It is horrific without being gratuitous. And they take you to the point where she stops screaming, which is so poignant. Mm. Yeah, but they don't show her burning on the stake. And that is right. Right. That's such a lesson learned from before because mm-hmm. before it was just, it went too far. It could have been alluded to. This time it's alluded to perfectly. You get the point. You don't go through a visual um, uh, torture of having to see it. 
And I know it's a TV show. You can always turn your head, but it, you don't. You don't in these situations because you're even while you're watching it and you know what's going on, you're hoping that you're not right. You're hoping that something else is going to happen. But it's it's still just a punch in the gut. Yeah. Yeah. And and it follows this nice little moment. There's one of the few times that Stannis ever shows humanity is with Shireen, and he feigns humanity this time. And you kind of get that. You kind of get a little distance that something isn't right when he goes to talk to Shireen. And she, you know, she says, Daddy, I don't care what it is. I'm here to support you, whatever you need. Yeah. How can it's I almost, help? Yeah, yeah, whatever I can do to help you. And he says, forgive me. And, and I think at that moment, I knew something was wrong. Something's not going right. And it went downhill very, very quickly. And of course, Davos is not there to save her. He's He's been driven off by yeah, his king. The one guy who actually cares about her. Right. Yep. But yep. hey, it's not for naught, right? Because the next day... The ice is melting, and yep. things are good, right? Of course, yeah. It sounds amazing, except, oh, by the way, uh, the queen has hung herself. I mean, good. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they take right. her ass? Yeah. Well, because she didn't have king's blood. She just had king's semen at one time. Um, and so- semen. And semen. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and then he sees that, and he's basically uh, Stannis is basically just callous with it. He's just like cut her down, and let's continue on. We've got to go and take Winterfell, but we've lost half our men again. So now he's down to just the scrappiest of of groups. Oh, and okay. by the way, this time it's because they deserted and they took all the horses. Right. Yeah. You you you're basically on foot trying to lay siege to a huge keep with a massively armed force inside. Oh, and so, while you were out discovering that, yeah, that bitch with the red hair, she left. Yeah, she did. Uh, uh, on, on a horse, um, funny enough. Um, it seemed not to take her horse when they all scuttled away in the night. <laughs> so Stannis continues on, uh, goes to face Winterfell, and starts to make preparations to dig in, and those preparations are... Met with a uh, tour de force from Ramsey. Uh, the Boltons have ridden out to meet him and quickly surround his little petty group of men and extinguish all of them uh, with a quick scene from Ramsey, Ramsey on uh, just how demented he is with a, with one particular soldier begging for mercy. And he says, I, I grant you your mercy. And he stabs him in the back while he's already on the ground. Yeah, that seemed... Unnecessary, gratuitous. We already know that that's who he is. I really didn't even see the point of that, except to demonstrate that, yeah, this was the work of Ramsey. The thing that I found mm. interesting here is that they they do some really good CG. And by the way, the effects in these two episodes are just astounding. That's I why mean, Ghost looks like crap. They, well, <laughs> luckily, he wasn't in these two episodes, right? So... Yeah, I mean, this is ILM caliber effects in these two episodes. And you see the overhead shot of yeah. Ramsey's army surrounding Stannis's men. And you know they're doomed. And they don't even have to show battle. You just yeah. know it's not going to go well. And that's one of the really great things about this. Because remember the first time you saw the full might of Stannis's army was an overhead shot as they were... Uh, cascading into 
the the wildlings. Yeah, it is this, this from massive, both sides. Yeah, this massive force, um, all held in in uh, in perfect formation until the very end. I mean, is is this huge army? And now you see it's completely not. It's this tiny little force, maybe a hundred men or so, and they just get swallowed. Um, and of course, these scenes all end up with this shot of two men trying to kill Stannis. He has survived the main battle, uh, despite being at the head of the of the fight when the when Ramsay's men swarm in. He has survived, and two of Ramsay's men find him and go to try to kill him. And he defends against them. He is heavily wounded, and as he tries to take a respite against a tree, Brienne of Tarth shows Hello. up and says. Uh, Oh, by the way, um, I saw your face on this on this shadow that killed uh, your brother. Um, was that you? And Stannis says yes. And Bran does the whole thing and sentences him to sentences him to die. And she says, "Any last words?" And he says, "Well, do your duty." And you see her swinging a sword. You don't actually see Stannis die, which may or may not come back to haunt us because that's how these things work. But uh, left to believe that Brienne has fulfilled her oath huh. to Renly, and that's the end of Stannis, his storyline and his character. <laughs> I, my hopes, yeah, thank God, goodbye, Stannis, you old wretch. Oh, um, so, so Rob Stark is gone, and Stannis Baratheon is gone. We're getting rid of all the boring characters, is what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one thing I would say is, you know what I would like for Brienne someday, Brienne of Tarth, hmm. her own agenda. <laughs> oh, I have to avenge Renly. Oh, I have to protect these girls. Like, like, could it be argued that she does not get her own agenda? I mean, I guess I don't know. That is her agenda. I don't know. It just all seems very like whatever. I'm yeah, not making that point well, but. It annoys me, and I understand it. All of her goals are around, like, dudes. Yeah. It's... I know. I'm... It's, just shut it's me It's kind up. of who... Yeah, it's kind of who she is at this point. Um, although I do hold the same the same hope that uh, it changes in the future. Yeah, that, I think that's more of it. It's like, yeah, you're a knight, and that's your job, is to, like, fight other people's battles. I get that. But I, I would like to see... Brienne's life unfold in some way, or just like I'd like to see Brienne have a life. <laughs> yeah, that would be um, good. All right. So, anything else on this one, or can we move to Dorne to get that one out of the way? Yeah. I'll see you guys in five uh, minutes. Let's not leave Winterfell yet because we still have Sansa to deal with, and there's a, a little bit of a crossover with okay. Brienne. As well, because as they're kind of overlooking Winterfell, we see Sansa making her way to the tower again. Yeah. This time she's taking advantage of Ramsay being gone with the forces to find her way to the broken tower. She climbs it. She lights the vigil that she needs to light to indicate to Brienne that she needs the help. Uh, unfortunately, Brienne and uh, Pod have just turned back on it because they've just seen Stannis and his men marching. Like, literally just turned their back and the candle goes into the window. Yep. Um, which, I mean... 
Whether that's a, a metaphorical instance or if that's actually the literal translation of how George R. R. Martin wanted it to go, either way, rather effective. And you kind of get this, oh, Sansa, like always just a step behind where you need to be. Um, yeah, so she's wandering around the castle. She wants to get out of there because everything's going down. The the Ramsey's men are starting to come back. So I don't know how long Sansa wandered around Winterfell hoping to hoping her her candle would be seen. But uh, Ramsey's men are on the way back, so she starts to panic, and she's walking along the, the parapets, I guess. And she comes across Miranda, who's got a bow drawn on her, and she's got Reek by her side. And yes. this was a beautiful scene. This, this was, was... This was just absolutely wonderful, because you don't know... You, you don't know what is going to happen here. And what happens is kind of the last thing that you expect. Right. Um, well, so first of all, Miranda is saying, it gives this little little speech about how Ramsey doesn't need Oliver. He just needs the good parts. And then once he's got an heir, he, he's, gonna, he's got plans for those good parts as well. And she says, well, can we start, the, start eliminating other parts now or can we do that later? And Sansa in her silence indicates to Marie, uh, to, to, Miranda that uh well you just do whatever you're going to do and Miranda takes it to fire off the arrow Sansa holds fast like this is the first time she's really shown any any uppance like I'm not going to back down from you and Reek actually jumps in and and deflects the arrow mm-hmm. well hits Miranda and the arrow shoots off to the side and they scuff a little bit and Reek throws Miranda off the parapet <laughs> onto the ground and you see her go head first into the concrete and splat like a uh, grapefruit. And then Reek slash Theon and Sansa, well, they leap to safety or death. Or they they jump, literally jump off the walls of Winterfell into whatever is waiting them below. And this was a sudden turn. And it was a great <laughs> turn. And, and, and Richard, when when did you think that was going to happen? When when were you part of like like a, a party to that party? <laughs> so with which part? Like the first of all, when Theon kind of like uh, got his balls back and decided to actually defend her, that surprised me. I metaphorically, that. of course. Uh, metaphorically, well, I don't know. Are they still? Never mind. I don't want to know. Yeah. But <laughs> what? What I found really, like, the right next step was that the two of them would find safety together. And then when you see that they're jumping an unreasonable amount of distance to jump safely, Mm -hmm. in your head, you're thinking, wait, did they just make a pact? And they're going to jump to their deaths together? Or are they going to hope for the best and see if they can survive? You don't know. that. You don't know. That's the end of it. That's all we see of them yeah. for these episodes. And this is a great moment. It's it's one of those... those maybe I've, I've translated their heads a little bit into mine, but it's kind of the, well, if we jump and die, it's better than staying here. That's right. And if we jump and live, then we just made it. We escaped. So it's kind of like no-lose situation. They took the no-lose option. Mm-hmm. Well, and she was ready to die. 
Yeah. Yeah, as she showed with Miranda, not not even flinching when Miranda's bow went off. Yep. So Also, um, I think that to give context to the scene last week, I think the only way HBO let them do that scene last week was like, they were like, you're not going to do that scene again every week for six more episodes. Like, you're going to get this girl out one way or the other. Yeah, it had to be a, a short, short time in there. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the other sister. Oh, Aria. Okay, the girl um, with no name. You mean the girl with no name? In in the books, this is a confusing set of chapters because Aria's name isn't mentioned for several for like two whole books. It's not mentioned, and you don't uh, you don't know what's going on. But she basically takes up all these different personas, and we in the show. <sighs> Focus on one, the clam girl. <laughs> clam, clam girl, girl yes. Party on, excellent. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hopefully, our audience is uh, is old enough to remember that. Um, now, she has found uh, one of the names on her list as she's taking this. Uh, this she's scoping out the the insurance salesman, the thin man, as as. Uh, Jakar, Jakol, whatever calls him. Jack and Hakar, I guess. There you go. Maybe. Sure. That sounds sounds better than Jaka Jaka. And she's scoping him out. She's supposed to deliver a potion that will um, rid the world of the thin man and deliver him unto the uh, faceless god. And when she's about to do that, she finds the first name to ever appear on her list. Yeah, I don't remember the name. I just Slint? know that it's it one of the Slint? Kingsguard. Yep. Janus. Janos. No, no, no. No, 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 no that's not right. It's a, it starts no. with an M or something. Mar- uh, Marin Trant. Uh, it's Marin Trant. Sounds, that sounds about right. Sure. Like, oh, there's so many names in this one. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, so basically this... This uh, dickwad of a Kingsguard. Yeah. Um, so he's there to, he's there to, uh, to guard, um, the, the, oh, what's his name from? Oh, the guy who was going to the bank? Tyrell. The, yeah, he's the guy to going guard to the bank. Lord Tyrell. There we go. has Tyrell. been asked to come and talk to the bank, basically just getting him out of the way. Remember, this is one of the Cersei's, oh, get out of the, get, I don't need your help. Oh, wait, I mean, um, I bequeath upon you the responsibility of going to talk to the bank about our debt. And <laughs> right. so he goes and has all these BS conversations with the bankers, and we get to see the guards kind of following around and being bored, and then finally, oh, Finally, they are out. Uh, they are done with their day, and they can go to the whorehouse. Yeah, because that's—I mean—that's clearly what you do. Uh, and Marin Trant has a certain penchant. He has a, a certain penchant for his women. That he likes them very, very obscenely young, illegally young. Everything in this is so gross all the time. <laughs> Well, and we don't even know in the first episode of this episode pair how gross it is. Right. We just think he likes them really, really young. And we know this because we're seeing this through Arya's eyes, who is basically spying on him 
as she just wanders in to sell clams as an aphrodisiac to the good patrons of said whorehouse. Yep. And here's the kicker. Marin Trant actually recognizes her a few times, but he just can't place it. Yep. He's he's been, and probably because he has this penchant for young girls, he can't place her face amongst his catalog of memories, which allows her to get in close, see what's going on, and hear that he's going to be there again tomorrow night. So she makes plans. And the next night, you've, you catch up with Marin Trant, and he has three young ladies in his chamber, and he is smacking them with a stick or a cane or whatever just to make them cry because that's what he's into and he yes. gets to the so, third one so so let's just let's just take a moment and and uh, again I, I, this is one of those things where did they have to really go here it's not just that he wants really young girls it's that he wants to beat really young girls yeah. right um and Honestly, if you're going to have a way to single her, single Arya's character out to where, you know, the, the the reveal to set up the reveal, this is probably the easiest way to do it because he only hits the other girls one time, then they run off. I know it's still atrocious, but it, at least it's not in a gratuitous manner. He's not peeling skin off their arms or something crazy like that. He smacks them, they cry. He smacks the next one, she cries. Smacks the third one, she doesn't cry. And, well, he's like, oh, okay, well, I've got work to do here. And he releases the first two, and he goes to work on this third one. Um, sudden reveal, it's Arya wearing a mask, and she she takes him out in style. She oh, stabs yeah. him in the eye. He falls. She stabs him in the other eye. He starts trying to attack her, so she starts stabbing him in the chest. And then this is gratuitous, all the blood, but you can see the the rage in Arya, and you can just tell that this is... This is very satisfying for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kill him dead. Yeah. 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 She is. I'm a little bit disturbed by how much she seems to be enjoying this. I understand Mm. that he's on the list and there's satisfaction in that. But she, she clearly has no problem taking this as far as she does. Yep. For all intents and purpose, purposes, she tortures him, she taunts him, and, and you know, can, uh, reveals herself and why she's killing him. And then, oh, at that moment, right across the throat. Yeah, she goes on a whole villain uh, speech towards the end of this before she finally slices his throat. Um, and then, of course, she returns to the house of black and white. Yes, to get punished with magic. <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a pretty cool scene where she starts peeling back the faces of Jakin Hakar and reveals that there's many masks on this one individual, and finally she gets to the last mask, and it's her face. And then, apparently, because you're not supposed to see yourself... Uh, she goes blind and her eyes are glazed over and she, the last thing you see of her is her crying out, what is what is happening? I can't see. Mm-hmm. Weird, 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 weird. She also gets a little bit of lecture about how you're not supposed to be doing this for revenge. We do this, you know, this is not what the many-faced God wants. Although apparently it's okay to send people on a mission to go kill someone and murder them as well as these mercy kills, but 
whatever she was doing, this revenge thing, not cool. Not cool. Right. Yeah, and m- primarily because it's a it's a, a revenge from her past, from who she is, and she's not supposed to be Arya anymore. She's supposed to be a girl who has no name. Oh yeah, but we know better. <sighs> it's Arya. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, now can we go knock out Dorn? Because I'd like to get this out of the way. Uh, Dorn. Oh, yeah. oh, Dorn. Yeah. I forgot we're at Dorn. Everybody's just sitting around, having some tea, right. enjoying the beautiful sun, talking of love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, except that's not exactly how it ends up. Oh, oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you're not exactly uh, saddened about how it goes here. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Uh, we'll get there. Um, okay. So, basically, the, the prince and uh, the, 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 the prince that is and the prince to be and the princess bride and Jamie and... Inigo. Uh, what, <laughs> Fezzik. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Bashir. Yeah. yeah, they're all uh, they're all sitting around uh, talking about how well we can be merciful and we can send you back. And uh, the queen wants her daughter back, Marcella. So we're going to send Marcella back, and Prince Tristain is going to go with them, and that's fine. Uh, Braun, by the way, he's not just a loafer; he's actually my my special guy. Oh, and now he's got some teeth knocked out, which is always cool because that's what Braun always wanted. And they get on a boat to leave. Whoa that that was. That that was fast. Did we? Didn't we miss something? Who cares? We missed it's some Dorn. stuff in here. <laughs> it's Dorn. So we we do get one other thing in here that you skipped, Anthony, and that is the the obviously you know uh, highly revered and sworn moment when uh, Duran threatens Alaria into swearing her allegiance. And of course, we we all expect that that will go well, right? Well, it it does, doesn't it? It goes splendidly. She's now allegiant to uh, Daria and, and and she's she's a she's a Dornish woman. Like she's not going to decry against the prince. Of course not. Of course not. So she sends Jamie off with Marcella, yeah, with the prince's prince or whatever you call him, Tristane, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you know gives her this odd long kiss goodbye, yeah, which struck me as odd, but it didn't dawn on me why it might be, and so well, well it's Dorn, so they they do things differently down there. Well, and you know she was talking earlier with Jamie about how you know it's it's cool I understand it you love your sister whatever mm. that wasn't a problem years ago I don't know what everybody's also stressed out about right it's slowly coming down that everyone knows about Jamie and everyone <laughs> oh by the way everyone so we have this moment where Jamie and Marcella are in their cabin on the ship sailing away mm-hmm. back home and Jamie's going to break the news about Marcella's heritage. He is. He is and he's 
totally stressed about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're going to do this. And she's she's all, I know. I know you're my father. I'm glad you're my father. And seriously, let me have this moment for just a couple more seconds than he did. I cried. Uh, It is a very stark difference between Jamie and Marcella versus Stannis and Shireen. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of the exact opposite situation where with Stannis and Shireen, Stannis is using his kid as a way to further a goal. And Jamie is just happy to have one of his kids know that that's his kid. We truly see him in a moment of happiness and a moment of vulnerability. And in that moment, thwack. Remember that poison Bron had? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it makes his nose bleed and makes things go very, very bad very, very quickly. Mm. Well, that was on... Uh, that was that was involved in that kiss that uh, yeah, Alaria had received. that on her lips apparently because you know she's got that antidote, yeah. and it doesn't matter that her nose ble- is bleeding because she's just going to drink the antidote and be fine. I just need a handkerchief. That's all I need, and I'm yeah. I'm all cleaned up. But nope, nope, nope. Jamie's daughter, he can now call her that. She dead. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She does not survive the. Uh, she she didn't even make it out of the Bay of Dorne. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, and this this is this is one of those things. Like, what's Tristan going to do now? Because he's on his way, and yeah, that's that's it's sad. It's interesting. And I Dorne just have is, one question. Yeah, does this ship not have a fucking rudder? Hmm. <laughs> like. I mean, we're just going to assume that they take it and sail off anyway? Yeah, I don't... I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if he really wants to go back to Dorne after that, you know? Because now at least they have Tristane. If they go back, they might even lose that. So we'll see how it goes. <sighs> yeah. And now we're, now we're done in Dorne. We are done. Done and Dorn. <laughs> we are done in Dorn. We're Dorn and Dorn. <laughs> All right. So we have, uh, let me just go through here real quickly. Yeah. We're basically left with two remaining storylines. Mm. We have mm-hmm. Danny's storyline and we have John's storyline. Let's-, Let's start with. Danny's storyline because that is kind of like the the big finale of the first episode that um, you know that then continues on into the next. Yeah, um, so they're they're hosting the games again because that's the thing you do in Marine. Well, and apparently Marine has this amazing Coliseum. Where'd that come from? Yeah, yeah, that was. was it's just a thing. They built it again. Yesterday. Phenomenal fucking of effects. I mean, yeah. just amazing. And there are fights. There's some jostling between Danny, her betrothed, her lover, and her dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> the thief, and, the cook, his wife, and her lover. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's 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 yeah it's it's uh it's it's pretty interesting um and who shows up in the ring but Jorah Mormont again this guy you he again. doesn't give, he has he doesn't know give up he, he we has knew no, that was happening we yeah. knew he was gonna be in that ring come on this is not she, a surprise she did not and she doesn't know how to process it. On one hand, you can see in her face again. The face acting is amazing. She's relieved to see him. On another, on the other side, she's filled with spite and hatred that he still shows up and he's not listening to her when she tells him to go away. They fight. He wins this this really good battle. I, I other than a few times you could kind of see the choreography going on. It's it's a pretty decent battle between six people on the ring at the same time. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, she's looking down at him. He's looking up at her. He uh, reaches- wait, 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 before we go there, mm-hmm. I just have to mention, I don't know her who her tailor is, but she looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget her name, but she's actually designed all of Danny's costumes for the entire series. I mean, she just looks amazing in this scene. <laughs> Um, and that's going to continue as well. It gets even even deeper as you go along because the, the the designer she gets uh, she gets a little bit more bold with her choices, and it gets spectacular towards the towards the the current season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hairdresser, by the way, is astounding as well. So uh, uh, away from Danny, um, Jora grabs a spear and throws it at Danny, and for a split second, you think he's going to attack her. And the spear goes right behind her and hits one of those damn fairy people. What what are they called? Oh, the um, sons of the harpy. Sons of the harpy. There we go. By fairies, um, we mean just they're wearing masks. Yeah, they they just look like I don't I don't know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Actually, they look like um like Shakespearean Midsummer Night. I, they have that real, almost like a Guillermo del Toro simple weird look. Like yeah. with the masks, I get that. Yeah, it, it, it just it, it like they have this mystique about them, I guess. And hits she, uh, Jorah hits one of them right in the chest with the spear, and all of a sudden everything erupts into pandemonium, and there are sons of the harpy jumping out everywhere to attack uh, Daenerys and her consort and her betrothed and and, and her dwarf and everybody. I'm telling you, never. Trust anyone who's wearing robes. They can hide anything under there. <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of the scenes that it, you kind of don't know what's going to happen. Where's they end up in the center of the arena, surrounded by unsullied. Um, so, so I, again, I want to I want to slow you down a bit because okay. I think the the way this transpires is so well done. He throws that thing at this guy. I don't for a moment believe that he was going to throw it at her. And I don't know if she did either. I don't I don't think she would have believed that. She was genuinely upset. You could see that she was upset when he looked like he was about to die. Mm-hmm. But he manages to get himself out of it. He throws a thing, kills kills the guy that was threatening her. Tyrion ends up killing someone that was threatening uh Masandai or I can never say her Masande. name right. I guess. Masandai. I don't know. And was that your you know, gre- so best gray worm voice? Masande. We have we have all this like pandemonium breaking out and Jorah reaches to Danny 
and says here and leads her to safety. And she hesitates for a minute, but then grabs his hand and goes with him. Yep. Um, Everything in this scene, all of this action is very deliberate and, and, expressive Mm -hmm. incredibly well done incredibly well done and they hit one dead end after another so that you you watching feel the desperation as they eventually realize they are trapped and encircled Mm -hmm. this scene is done so well that even though i just watched it a couple days ago and then i rewatched it today and i'd already seen it before I was still anxious for what was going to happen as the scene was unfolding today on my third watching. Like it's just <laughs> it's just really, really well done. It is. They end up in the middle of the arena, um, surrounded by Unsullied, not doing so well. There's, not looking good. There's tons of Sons of the Harpy surrounding them, like just a, a, an innumerable amount. Yeah, they're not going to survive this. No way. Masande and Daenerys are in the middle with all the men surrounding them, as as it should be. Masande and Daenerys take each other's hands, and Daenerys kind of like closes her eyes. And you, I don't know if she was meditating or if she was reaching out or if she was just trying to accept her fate because it was just that dire. When suddenly you hear a screech, I'm like, yes. And Drogon <laughs> flies on the scene and starts taking out harpies. So cool. Yeah. yeah. He, is... he doesn't do it unscathed, though. He he gets uh, he gets pretty jacked up in the process. Yeah. 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 I, this is an, like, this is a battle scene. And it is such an incredibly well choreographed scene. Because you have him coming in. Everybody's kind of like, wait, what? Now, some of the people know that there's a dragon around because it's been seen, but mm-hmm. Tyrion hasn't quite seen this much of the dragon thing going on yet before. <laughs> he's he's seen a dragon in the mists. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so here we have this thing coming in and just flaming people left and right. He's mm. taking arrows. So he's getting hurt. You see him getting hurt and and acting accordingly. Danny goes out, helps him, takes out one of the spears so that uh, he has a little bit more uh, agility and tries to comfort him. And you get this amazing moment where you have this tortured relationship between the two of them. And they both stand their ground to each other yeah. and kind of reaffirm, I don't know, trust or whatever. And she eventually climbs on his back and flies away on him. Isn't that yeah. awesome? And oh my God, it's not until <laughs> the scene ends that I'm like, holy shit, that was all CG. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. One of the things it about the CG good. in this... The details of Drogon are remarkable. When when he's screeching and blowing his flame and everything else, the, you could see the the um, reptilian flesh ripple with his screeches. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I, I mean this this was so well done, and I I I had tears in my eyes when they were flying away again. This was this was just such a phenomenal scene. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and this is where all that budget went. That budget uh, went into these two episodes. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, yeah, ghosts can look like crap. Just wait till we got till you see what we got in store for you. Yeah, the dragons <laughs> always take priority. Jorah, Tyrion, both survive. Masande survives, and she bring there. So Jorah and Tyrion, Dario. and Dario. There you go, Dario yeah. number three. Jorah, <laughs> Tyrion, and Dario are in the the queen's chamber. Uh, discussing what to do next, and they're kind of all just bickering back and forth. Uh, Masande comes in with Grey Worm and adds those two to the conversation, because why not? (laughs) And this is one of those times when Dario actually shows some wisdom. They want to go get Danny, and they need to rule Maureen in her stead, and they can't figure out, they're bickering over who's going to do what, and Dario's like, no, little man, you have experience with the city, you'll stay here. Um, Sande has the queen's trust. She'll stay here and Grey Worm will stay here because he can control the city with the unsullied. Jorah doesn't mean anything to anyone. So he's, he can be lost and I'm going to go after the queen because I'm the best fighter of the three of the, the five of us. And that's how they split off. Jorah and Dario go off to find, uh, uh, Danny because she didn't come back after she flew off with the Drogon. And, um, Tyrion, Missandei, and Grey Worm stay there to figure out what to do with Marine. It's so cool. It, it just sets it up so much cool stuff. <laughs> and I don't even necessarily know what the setup is. I just get a little taste of that afterward. But I, I just loved how that played out. Because they're like, oh, well, we're all going to go. Oh, no, well, I'm going to go. Oh, no, no, I have to go. And then of all people... Dario is like the voice of reason. Well, <laughs> he's really like he's the no. he is a general. Like he's sort of a general, you know. Like he's like, okay, guys, yeah. chill the fuck out. Everybody's front. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. Like somebody had to actually do something. Yeah, and, right. and you 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 have to wonder. And you alluded to this a little bit, Richard. You have to wonder when the payoff is going to be. When am I going to get some payoff from this weird uh, splitting of people? And it's almost immediate because then you've got yeah. Tyrion looking out at the city, watching Jorah and Dario head off to go find Danny. And who whispers behind him but the spider? <laughs> oh, this, oh, Varys, we I missed love you. This. I love this. And, like, you know, here's this guy who I've never trusted. And I never quite knew what to make of. And I was actually happy to see him. Oh, and by the way, uh, so is Tyrion, right? Yeah. Like Tyrion, and, and also just the fact that he, now you have Tyrion, who, of all the things he's been through, and of all the people kind of deserving to rule and smart enough to do it, now he's finally kind of acting in charge. Mm-hmm. He, he 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 gets to rule Marine by default. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I yeah, it's, love it, this. And it sets up one of my favorite things in the whole world, which is just endless amounts of Tyrion and Varys talking to each other. <laughs> just endless. Yeah, and they, they, they have such complimentary sarcasm and sensibilities. It's really just awesome. Um, now the other direction of this, however, Danny, Danny's not in the best of spots. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Cause you know, she's trying to make nice with her buddy Drogon and 
well, you know, he's tired and hungry and he's injured and she's tired and hungry and that dress isn't looking so good anymore. <laughs> so she decides to kind of go off after they tussle a little bit and she finds herself confronted by... I had to cheat here. I didn't know who this was because it's been that long. The Dothraki. Yeah. This is uh, not a fortunate situation for her. Yeah, I can't uh, I can't imagine that that's really going to go all that well for her. You know, <laughs> when you've conquered the Dothraki once, I feel <laughs> reasonably confident that she can conquer the Dothraki again. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the end of the Danny storyline. It is. So now and, we just- and that's so weird, too, because it's another one of those situations where very much like the uh, Stannis and uh, um, kind of Stannis's last stand, where you basically just see her being surrounded to the point that you can't even tell where she is anymore. And you're yeah. like, oh, my. Uh, okay. Hope she's okay. Yeah. Um, <sighs> we shall see. Oh, we do have one more storyline. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, oh, I'm so excited about this. I know. This is- I was like, are you just going to like skip it? Like, the, the, If you thought you had tears before, I can't wait to hear your reaction to the end of this storyline. So As- I totally forgot. Um yeah, so remember Cersei? <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so, right. We almost didn't talk about so her. So much happened in these episodes. Yeesh. Right. This, this, is, this, is, the, I almost, this is what I was talking about. I almost forgot about this scene. So we have Cersei. She is, you know, still at the point where... She's starving. She's getting beat. She's just looking like hell. And she decides to confess. Well, you know, a little. She confesses a little. She confesses to what they know. And Um, and obviously they they know more because she's like, well, you know, I don't think, you know, I I deny that. That's not true. Okay, well, we're going to have to... We're going to have to have a trial. We're going to have to find out what's going home. But she pleads for mercy. Mm. And they give her mercy. Yes. And so, you know, this is good, right? Yeah. This sounds awesome. All this, she has to I do mean, is go home. Yeah, just go home. Uh, but oh, but naked. first... <laughs> but, poor but naked Richard. With- poor Richard actually wants to talk about everything except the thing that is the most exciting thing. And God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for... No. I do, I do, I do want to get there, but I, this was another one of those scenes where I think they managed to tell a story and portray a story in a way that kind of turns your perspective on things. And mm. I'm a Cersei hater. I'm a big Cersei hater. So they're cutting off her hair and they're, they're roughly cleaning her up and it's obvious they're going to uh, shame her. And they're going to make her walk home. She's literally doing the walk of shame. 
except not with a big gold belt the next morning. She's butt naked. And they're yelling shame, and people are throwing food and feces and garbage at her. And somehow, I mean, I'm a Cersei hater. I was hurting for her. You feel that like she is at you thought she was at her lowest of lows before no 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 this is probably the lowest that she's gone and when she falls halfway on her trip i was actually rooting for her to get up and and keep going it does the right. impossible let me tell you how did they do that yeah. so here we have two relatively monstrous characters Jamie and Cersei who we have been railing on for the last and they've year. Been as we've been railing on each other. Ah. <laughs> for much longer than that. So much. So much was there. And in two episodes, no, in one episode, this all happened. Both of these fin- things uh, culminate in this one episode, very close to each other, actually. They, they managed to actually make you care about these two characters. And I thought that was just phenomenal storytelling. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's the other thing that they did in this episode particularly that I thought was – I didn't realize it until after I heard that it had happened. And then watching it again, it was still kind of surprising how well they pulled it off. The woman walking down the avenue was a body double. Yep. Huh? Yep. Oh, yeah. I know what that means. A body it double? Was not, it's when you don't... It was not Lena Headley. Yeah, you don't want your Lena Headley oh, bits it wasn't. on TV. It was not Lena Headley. It was a body double. And they shot it in a way that you couldn't even tell that that was happening. I had absolutely no idea. Because, by the way, full frontal, full back, full everything, fully naked for probably the longest amount of time mm-hmm. that I've ever seen a body on a television show. They did not right. shy away. So I have a story to all. tell. Can I tell a story? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go. Okay, so I live in Hollywood and there are lots of promotional campaigns and lots of marketing campaigns. And every time I drive out from my little neighborhood to the main drag, uh, there's this huge promo. It's the all the Game of Thrones posters that says, For the Throne. Right. And they're all the different characters that are, that remain still alive. Uh, and, uh, one of them, I will say, I'm going to spoil this just a little bit, is Cersei from this scene. And let me tell you something. The pictures are so big that you can see every little bit of fake bodily fluid. That is on her. And I don't care how many times I go to look at some other character or some other character or some other character. Like, there's Cersei with the brown poop juice on her shoulder. And I'm like, it's eight Mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Come on. And I'm sorry I spoiled a little thing, but come on. You had to know. There's no way. You didn't. I mean, I've I've seen those pictures, right? So I, I know that... She's one of the characters there. But yeah, it's it 
again, I think they did a great job with this. Uh, the only thing I think we need to add is that she is she does not get a welcome reception when she walks in the doors of the castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only one who does give her any care whatsoever is the crazy doctor who, oh, by the way, uh, I want to introduce you to what used to be the mountain. Franken Mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Franken Mountain. Welcome to Franken Mountain. Uh, yeah. You can get your souvenirs on the left and uh, <laughs> season passes on the right. Indeed. All right. So, so now can we move north? Yes. Sorry. We had to cover that, though. We, you we, know that. We did. We did. We did. Uh, they didn't cover much, but we had to cover that story. Ah, I see what you did there. Winterfell is, or not Winterfell, uh, Castle Black is a wondrous place. Yeah, dude. Okay. I don't I don't know if I would want to live there. No, let me rephrase that. I don't want to ever live there. <laughs> <laughs> no spouses. So John comes back and is, for a second there you don't know if he's gonna be in letting the gate or not, and um of course he is eventually. And everybody hates him because he's leading back what remains of the wildlings through strictly through the gate of Castle Black. Everyone Except for Sam. Yep. And Sam wants to go be a maester. Yep. He practically begs John to let him go be a maester. Yep. They're just kind of hanging around. I want to say hanging around the fire, but I don't think they have the luxury of a fire. But they're just hanging around, talking about their experiences, having some boy talk. Yeah, yeah. you know, there are all these crazy things up there. They're going to get over the wall. And yeah, you know, I had me some sex and I'd be careful because I was in pain. Um, But please, please let me get out of here, please. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and he does eventually. He lets him, he lets him go. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and there by losing his only one remaining friend and ally. Mm. Well, probably and, saving his life, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, saving Sam's life, for sure. Um, yep. Now, the rest of this, Richard, I would really like to hear from your perspective, because we've seen it. Um, how did you take the rest of this, this storyline to its very dramatic conclusion? So, I, I mean, the, it, it's it's really odd how this next sequence plays out. It, because from the time that we just talked to the next time we see John, all this other shit has gone down. We cared about Danny. We cared about Cersei. We cared about Jamie. All these people are dying. Oh, but by the way, Davos just got... To Castle Black, and is like, hey, John, uh, can you please? We really need some help. Status needs your help. Oh, but it's too late. Oh, hi, Melisandre. Hi. Why are you here? I lost everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was. This is yeah. how. We, this is how we should have done the whole podcast. <laughs> I was very wrong about everything. <laughs> Yeah, and really, I think I think the biggest disappointment for me in this entire episode was not getting to see her die. Mm. So I hope we get that someday, because 
Yeah. But, um, yeah, she, Anthony, this was not the scene where we see the thing that everybody goes, <gasps> No, 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 no. Okay. No. Okay. That, that is yet to be seen okay. in a different scene. In a scene. Ooh. Oh, so, okay, good. I have to remember, there's going to be a scene where everybody goes, <gasps> Uh-huh. All right. You, there, I think it's more a like scene a, where, damn. Yeah, there, there's going to be a scene where you'll be sorry you have seen it. Oh. <laughs> there's a lot of that already. All right, so... Then time apparently goes by, and the next thing we know, Ollie is coming to tell John that some wildling claims that they've seen his uncle. Yes. What? How can that be? So they go out there, and uh, the 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 bad dude, second-in-command guy, whose name I can never remember. Alistair Thorne. Alistair Thorne, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. They, He says that he saw him up in such a... Here, come over here. And it's a trap. And as soon as Alistair was involved, I started feeling like something was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because why would he be nice to him? Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And they alluded to it so many times with with uh, Ollie as well, you know. They o- did because Ollie is questioning the decisions that John is making. So yeah. Ollie, that that little ass, and who's been through a lot in his he life, has I understand. He's John's conflicted. John's girlfriend. But right, right, right. Uh, He's like a John exterminator. But that was, also, but that was <laughs> to save. That was to save John. So, anyway, yeah, it's a trap. And they all are stabbing him for the watch. They're all taking their turns. And I think he gets stabbed five, six times. And you think it's over, but no. No. The final blow comes from Ollie who you can tell is conflicted. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Make a better decision. Don't be, don't make a stupid decision like all these assholes. But no, Ollie gives in to his, his, uh, his hatred and basically deals the final blow. And yeah, that's all I'm going to call that because I don't trust this scene. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, you have seen the posters. That's what's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we see John fall and we see him bleeding and we see him not moving and we end the season. Yes. And this is actually. I don't trust that to be the end. This is actually the last scene in the last fully published book as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even get wow. that far because I was so annoyed by all the side stories. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have the abridged version, right? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> the Cliff's Notes. Do they still make those? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, this is one of those scenes where as you're watching it, you're hoping that, that you just kind of, this the hair raises on the back of your neck and this just can't be good. You're like, how does he get out of it? He has to get out of it. It's Jon Snow. And then Richard, P.S., we all had to wait like a year to figure out what the heck was going to happen. And you have to wait like no time. 
Yeah, you have I know. To I'm really glad about yeah. that. Like, I can find out tonight if I want to. Yeah, we had to Actually, wait so long. People would not shut up about what was going on with John <laughs> Snow. Oh, yeah. was there a, we saw him in 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 somewhere, and there he was, and all this stuff. Oh my god. Yeah. And and keep in mind that again, this season ends at the same point that the written books ended. The last oh. fully published book. Oh, oh, so ends this is the, the last scene. official word from George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. And people have been waiting for what's next in a book since that scene. Yeah, yes. And that book is not even like remotely done. Yeah, no. Just P.S. <laughs> like, really, George R.R. He, R. He's released Martin. three other books in the process. <laughs> yeah, this asshole keeps releasing... I mean, asshole, he's a genius. But he keeps releasing other books and other TV series and somehow cannot find the time to complete to the Game of book. Thrones yeah. books. Like, come on, man. I hope someone has your outline. <laughs> <laughs> I used that metaphor... When I was talking with a company at CES about their product roadmap, where everybody's waiting for this thing that they've been talking about for two years, and they keep on putting out all this other stuff. Mm. And I'm like, it's it's like Game of Thrones fans who are desperately screaming at George R. R. Martin, stop doing other shit. Yeah. It- like if they were pre- uh, 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 promising a product and they released all the drivers for it and all the accompanying software, but the hardware itself hasn't come out. Meanwhile, they've released three other hardwares. That's what this would be like. So, uh, yeah, sure. No, I think it would be like coming out with um, Solo before actually finishing. Oh, wait, they did that. Never mind. <laughs> so we were seen as a trend. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, final thoughts, Richard? Uh, yeah, this, I mean, these last two episodes were insane. And you've, we've talked about episodes in the past where usually with animals, they kind of get to my heart. Here, we had a scene with a child that just tore me up. Uh, we had the scene with with uh, Danny and Drogo that was just so amazing and beautiful. It 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 got to me, and and again another amazing and wonderful scene that was so touching between uh, uh, Jamie and his daughter, a character I never would expect to have like a redeeming thought about, despite how insanely hot he is, mm-hmm. and. I think Seconded. that um, yeah, <laughs> I think the the roller coaster that they put everybody on because you also lost all these huge huge characters. I mean, I kind of wonder like why did we even bother with Stannis' storyline all this time? Quite frankly, but <laughs> we lost a lot of big people, and I think it delivered. It really delivered. I don't know how you sustain this, like I said, and not be exhausted every time you watch an episode, but I'm looking forward to next season for sure. Jenny, how are you feeling going into season six? You know, it amazes... Season seven, just to say, is so burned in my brain pan that it is Mm. hard for me to think about season six and be like, What's in that? (laughs) 
Like, Game of Thrones, you've got to give it credit. You've got to give that TV show credit for all that it upsets us and all that it pisses us off. Like, who could have imagined? Who could have imagined all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Season six, now that I'm thinking about it, does seem a bit of a bridge between five and seven, which seems obvious. Yeah, but but in a weird way, like like I have no memory of it. And yet I could literally tell you season seven episode per episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, season seven is really when the storylines start, they, they start uh, uh, ending, like they start really hard cuts in the stories, mm-hmm. the extra stories and the, the tertiary characters and things like that. People just start disappearing and season six really feeds directly into that and sets the final scene for what we're going to be experiencing. Yeah. There's, there's no, no more time to play around with these additional storylines. It's time to get to business. Yeah. So that's where we're going. Cool. All right. Richard, where can people find you? People can find me on the Twitter place, and at the Twitter place, I am Richard Gunther. That's easy, right? Yeah. Easy. Jenny? You guys, I just put out a new podcast. Woo! It's called Very Old Dad, and it's a conversation between me and my dad. And I really thought that publishing was going to be the end of me, but it is published. (laughs) (laughs) And it's... It's, I gotta say, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, you guys. And for me to say that, that's hard. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's quite a self endorsement. No, it's hard. I don't like to self endorse, but I also worked on it really hard. And I am, I am confident in saying it's not terrible. And you should, if you have, um, old people of any kind that you treasure in your life, you could listen to it and probably you would take something away from that. Here's the thing that I hope you realize, Jenny. Mm. As you're busy telling people that it's not terrible, I look back at every project you've done that I have had the fortune of um, consuming as a listener, and uh, I, I don't know what's in your head because you make this guy, content. the guy in this podcast, is in my head, Richard. <laughs> But thank you. That's so wonderful. And I, uh, this guy, that's the answer. All right. And where can people find more about what you're doing? Me? Jenny J, J E N N I E J 23 on the Twitters. It's so melodious. (laughs) No day but today. There. Sorry. I got out of my system. It's rent. It's still happening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ethan Kane, E-T-H-A-N-C-A-I-N-E. And if you have feedback for our show or you want to tell us how you felt when John fell to the ground and blood began trickling from the uh, from behind or wherever it from came from. From his behind? And what? Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, the totally different show. <laughs> uh, you can let us know at Whoa. Let's Talk About Thrones at gmail.com. And, of course, we will enter into season six. When we join together again to talk about thrones. All hail thrones. See ya.
Oh, man. An hour and 16 minutes on the recording. Well, that's a lot. Well, but there's some yeah, stuff that... but there's a lot going on here. I think I had more notes for these two episodes than I've had for any two episodes. 